everybody, it's Kendall from Recording Lounge. I'm here today to do a show about guitar amp miking with different mics. Now, in some way you might be thinking, okay, big deal, we get it, there's lots of different mics for guitar amps, I just use what I have. Okay, that's great, and that's totally actually the correct like response. But what I really mean by this is I want to show you the differences when the same mic position is used, essentially on the same speaker. It's a 412 cab with the same speakers, so we're using three different mics on three of those four speakers that are all the same speaker. They've all been in there the same amount of time. They've all aged the same amount. I bought them brand new, put in the cabinet, and so they've all had just as much playing time as the other. Uh, the only difference is there's three different types of mics. There's a condenser, an SM57, and a ribbon. They will all be placed at the exact same position per speaker, measured with measuring tape, um, which is basically right on center, but uh, angled slightly off axis. So to kill some of the really shrill top end. And you'll hear the differences in these three mics. And I'll also uh, combine some of them to hear the differences when you combine. So let's talk about this for just a second. I would say the industry standard for miking guitar amps is an SM57. And I feel like even a lot of people will design guitar amps to sound good with an SM57. But I don't know if that's necessarily the best option. I, I use SM57s all the time, but after doing this test, uh, it's arguably not going to be my first choice anymore. It's a great uh, it's a great mic. It sounds fine and with a little EQ it can sound amazing. Probably the most common setup you see in Nashville and a lot of those guys, they'll be using a 57 and another mic and blend them together. So like a 57 and a Royer R121 or a 57 and a condenser of some kind and they'll blend them. And this podcast is to explain Primarily explain why. It's because each mic on their own is not necessarily the best sounding option. Um, and you might have to get away with doing some EQ to actually make it sound good. And as we know, you know, that's not necessarily the best route to go. Ideally, we play with the mic position and uh, the mic itself before we do anything else. Um, now, there have been plenty of people throughout the ages recording guitar with SM57s, and that's plenty fine. So, I'm not here to dog on the SM57. I have five of them. I use them all the time for all kinds of stuff. But, this is a very interesting test. Now, it's a little bit unfair, and I'll tell you why. Because all of these mics are in the same position. So, they might not actually be placed in their ideal position, if that makes sense. So, the condenser mic is placed this way, and that might sound amazing for the condenser, but maybe the 57 suffers a little bit. Maybe the ribbon suffers a little bit. Maybe you would need to actually adjust these mics to sound their best individually. The reason I did them all the same position is for the best phase coherence and to hear the interpretation of the same part of the speaker. So the ribbon, for example, that we'll listen to is very dark, but again, it's a little off axis. So if the ribbon was actually placed right on the center, it might sound a lot better or a lot different or a lot brighter or however you want to put it. Uh, same with the 57 it sounds a little bright. Um, maybe if we placed it a little farther off the side of the cone or spaced it out a little farther from the amp or something, um, it would have sounded better too. Uh, 
So the point being, this is a very interesting test, and I was really glad to have done this for my own edification and also to help you guys with your pursuits of recording guitars. So this all started because I've uh, been really hooked on reading about old uh, ACDC recordings and how uh, Tony Platt, I believe was the engineer's name, um, used condensers exclusively on ACDC guitars. And I'll do it every now and then, but I very rarely find myself doing it with heavier guitar sounds. I, I, I love condenser mics on clean guitar sounds. I think they sound amazing. But I've never really tried it on heavy guitar sounds, and I guess because I've always thought, oh, you know, I don't want don't to damage any mics or anything, you know. Those guitar amps can be pretty loud. Um, but then it sort of dawned on me, after reading some interviews with Tony Platt, he was saying, you know, Yes, it can damage the mic, so turn down the amp a little bit. And, you know, little bits can make a big difference. You don't have to turn it quiet where it's going to sound wimpy. I mean, it's got to push a little bit of air to actually sound like rock and roll, but you don't have to make it screaming loud. So the difference is when you adjust the amp to sort of this very sweet spot, there's different sweet spots for different mics also. Some argue that using smaller amps, you know, 5, 10, 15 watt amps, turned up really loud... Uh, well, not really loud. I mean, 15 watts really loud is still not super, super loud, but turned up fairly loud will sound bigger and fuller than a 100-watt amp cranked. Um, some argue this is because you're not trying to push as much air with a smaller amp, and it actually retains a tighter sound. When you try to push the speaker too much, it starts to flub out and sound kind of squishy and farty. Squishy and farty, that's nice adjectives. Um, so... Other argue that it's because, you know, these smaller amps, just the design of them, okay, that's a fair argument too. It's just a different design. It's a different circuit, okay, and, the, and they just sound warmer and fuller and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's, you know, I, 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 could, I could really see that. Some of these bigger amps, you know, they've got more tubes, they've got more circuitry, they've got way more gain, and, it, and these smaller amps prevent people from doing that, uh, having just silly amounts of gain. Also, very rarely do you use too many pedals with a really small amp because it can overdrive too quickly. Um, so there are lots of factors that go into this. And you, like I've said, you, you'll see thousands of engineers that say the SM57 is the guitar mic. And you'll see thousands of engineers that say the Royer R121 is the guitar mic. And then you'll see not as many engineers, but still some of the most respected in history say a condenser is where it's at. That is what you use on a guitar amp. So I decided to test this for myself. You know, I usually will use uh, an SM57, an RE20. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'll use a couple of modded SM57s. I'll use SM7s. Uh, I'll use every now and then an MD421. I'll use lots of dynamic mics on guitar amps. And uh, I'll use uh, one of my favorite condensers for guitar amps is the Charter Oak E700. Possibly my favorite microphone that I own. Uh, it's kind of like a 414 type thing. It's a solid state large diaphragm mic uh, with uh, three patterns and a selectable pad, zero you know, for no pad, negative 10 and negative 20 dB pad. Um, it sounds absolutely amazing on kick drum. And as I've seen today, it sounds really, really good on guitar amp. And I've used it on clean guitar before, but I very rarely have... I don't think... I, I can't remember the last time I used it on distorted guitar. Um, and it never dawned on me because I thought, okay, this is a solid state mic. This It has a pad. This mic can take tons of level. I put it right in front of the kick drum. I mean, this can take tons of level. So why not try it on guitar amp? So basically what you're going to hear is the three sounds, uh, how they sound individually, 
and how they sound combined, how they sound just sort of blended together. Um, so let's get to it. Okay, so this first sound that you're about to hear is the SM57, the old standby for guitar. Um, I'll just play some of this clip so you can hear it. Okay, so sounds pretty good, right? Um, now let's play some of the condenser clips because in comparison, it will sound much fuller. When I A-B between the two, your natural response might be, wow, that condenser sounds so much better. But when you listen to them on their own, it's like, okay, no, it's just, it's really different. I mean, in some ways it's better, but in other ways it's just like shifting the mid-range a little bit. So here's the A-B between the two, starting with the 57 and then to the condenser. So the next mic I'm going to play is the ribbon, and the ribbon in comparison to these sounds really, really dark, dark, and in some, you know, some might just say dull. Um, so here's that. So, you might initially think, okay, that actually sounds really dull and bad. However, again, remember what I said earlier, that these mics are all positioned slightly off-axis and might not be the best placement for each individual mic, but I wanted to have the best phase coherence and the best sort of, okay, this is all the mics pointed at the same spot on each speaker, and they're pointed at the same thing, but there will be differences. So, and, and when you're up this close to something, and really this is just a rule of engineering, I, I find, it's, I mean, there's no rules, but you know what I mean? The closer you are to something, the more dramatic a tiny movement in a mic will make. So if you're an inch from something, moving an inch to the left or an inch to the right will make a drastic difference. Whereas if you're 10 feet from something, you might have to move a foot or two to the left or a foot or two to the right to actually hear a difference. Because just the proximity, not proximity effect, but I should just say how close you are, you know, you're dealing with the actual sound source itself. Whereas when you're far away, you're dealing with more of the sound source in the room. You know, when you're far away from a guitar cabinet, even like three or four feet, 
you know, you're dealing with the sound of the whole cabinet and you're not really dealing so much with individual speakers. When you put a mic on a speaker, that's you're up very close on something. And, and that's really, really a different situation than miking something three feet away or 10 feet away or 20 feet away. So here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to play you the SM57 and then I'm going to play you the SM57 combined with the ribbon. And you'll hear an amazing thing happen. This is the reason why so many people do this combination. Because about midway through this clip, I will add in the ribbon and it will not be subtle. You will notice how much better it sounds. Now to my ear that sounds much more like I hear it in the room and this brings up the interesting argument that I'm making here is that the difference of what we hear in the room and what is picked up by the mics is so vast um, you know and half of our job is about making things sound like they do in the room meaning engineers uh, and, and myself included you know it's sort of pretty common knowledge that the most important thing is to get the sound in the room get it as good as possible well that's great and all but microphones do not work like our ears do really and you can't just put up you know two two omni microphones and put it in front of everything and make and it sounds like our ears that's just not how it works which is why engineering is is a difficult profession and a difficult hobby and it's not just all about okay put a mic on something and okay uh, it sounds fine and you know the idea is you get the sound right in the room and then you pick a microphone or microphones that capture that sound. So when I say it in that order, I, I, I really mean that. I don't, I'm not trying to confuse you or anything. I'm trying to say that the typical idea seems like with some people, you get the sound in the room, you put the mic on it, and then you tweak the sound until it sounds good. And that's not really the best way to look at it. I, In my opinion, it's, um, it's more like, a big part of what we do is trying to get the sound in the room and then capture the sound in the room. Not just record it when the sound in the room is good, but literally try to make it sound like we're standing there. Um, because that's, you know, a, a very real experience and we feel it in our bones. We feel it in the floor. We feel it rattling, you know, and it's exciting and we want all those elements. We want it to sound good. We want it to sound exciting. We want it to sound full, you know, um, now keep in mind that these positions are all worthless out of context. If this was a solo guitar, sure, that's fine. But it's really the most important, you know, the most important aspect of this still is hearing these tones in context. They really need to fit with the context of the part uh, in the song, what's being played. So in, in some of these cases, putting the single SM57 up by itself might work totally fine in context. It might be the right choice. You might not need all the low-end fullness. You might not need 
you know, that extended sound, it might need to be a little smaller to fit in the mix. Whereas if you're playing a lead, maybe you do need a, a, a you know, a ribbon or, or a condenser to fill out that. So I'll play you these in succession now. So I'll play you SM57, condenser, ribbon. SM57, condenser, ribbon. <laughs> Okay, so now what you're going to hear is a combination of the SM57 and the ribbon, then SM57 and condenser. And for kicks, let's play all three of them together. You guys might have heard me in the past saying things like, you know, use as few mics as possible because of phase problems and you want the tightest sound you possibly can. You, you know, you want to um, be able to get the sound with a few mics so that you're having fewer phase problems and you're not worrying about balance as much. It's quicker. It's easier. You're using your ears. You're not trying to just, you know, and, and it's, and it, it saves time. It saves money, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of good arguments for that. However, um, what this test today has proven to me is perhaps if I'm doing just one mic on a guitar, I found it easiest to just place the condenser. I feel like no place that I've moved it really sounded bad, and it didn't really seem to need much EQ. Number two in that uh, argument would be the ribbon, because when I placed the ribbon, I tried it later, when I placed the ribbon more towards the center uh, of the speaker rather than angled, it, it sounded a lot better to me, and probably wouldn't need much EQ either. The 57, on the other hand, seemed to need the most EQ. Even when I play, and it was very, it was very, very sensitive to the movements in... Uh, in moving just, you know, an inch to the left, an inch to the right. Um, so there were a couple positions that I messed with that I thought, wow, that sounds really good, and I probably wouldn't need any EQ. Um, but others, I thought, wow, that sounds actually really bad, and I would never use that. 
so it's kind of interesting when I need just one mic, if I had to just pick one out of those three, if I could only use one um, on this test, I would pick the condenser. Number two would be the ribbon. Number three would be the 57. However, um, I really, really like the sounds of the SM57 and the ribbon combined, which I've done in the past many times. Uh, what you're hearing, I forgot to mention this, is the Shure KSM313, which is a fairly dark sounding ribbon. A mic like the Royer 121 is a little brighter. Um, and uh, the 122 is a little brighter even still, um, and it's much higher output. So there are some ribbons that aren't, aren't so dull, but it kind of depends what you use it for, what you need it for, um, and how you pl position it, of course. So I love the sound of the 57 combined with the 313 ribbon, and I love the sound of the 57 combined with the condenser. It was a little brighter, a little edgier, um, but it sounded great to me. And even the sound of all three of them sounded good. I tried to level match them so it wasn't so much of a dramatic jump um, between, you know, one mic and two mics. But uh, because naturally the ear will say, well, the louder one sounds better, which I understand that. The point is, all of this stuff is meant to show you that, you know, you might be using an SM57. Uh, but if you have a condenser that can take a lot of level, uh, preferably something with a pad, preferably something solid state, if you're really if you really want to be careful, um, you know, try that in front of an amp. I'm not I'm not responsible if you blow up a mic. You know, there are certain tube mics out there that are arguably some of the best mics to put on guitar cabs. Uh, namely, the U67 is sort of a I mean. The Beatles and uh, ACDC and tons of classic albums have been cut with uh, U67s on guitar amps. The U67 is historically known to be able to take quite a bit of level. So, and a lot of tube mics can take quite a bit of level. Uh, so, if you have a mic that, you know, read up on it, make sure that it can take the level, then try it. Try it out. Uh, try moving the position around. And, you know, it's so useful to be able to have a dynamic, a ribbon, and a condenser. And it's also useful to, to be able to have a, a, a cabinet that has more than one speaker. Because I find it, I've never had good luck, really, well, every now and then, but I very rarely have good luck with putting multiple mics on a single speaker. It's just too small of an area, and I feel like the phase problems just get in the way. And I end up with a little bit of a weird hollow mid-range or something. Um, every now and then it can work, depending on the style, but not for everything. And um, so I like to have a 212 or a 412 cabinet uh, with a mic on different speakers. It helps them be spaced farther from each other. It helps them, you know, you have more room to work. You, you don't have to use, like, you know, all the, these crowded stands sitting on top of each other and all this you can you know use individual mic stands and it gets out of the way um, you just seem to have more options as well uh, because you can place each individual mic in a spot that works and see how they blend and again it really is about context and when you're dealing with multiple mics it's all about blend putting more 57 in will get a little more bite Putting in more ribbon will get more low end and low mids. When you have a condenser, a condenser has a really nice, generally speaking, will have a, a decently nice mid range, and uh, and and sometimes a, a pretty aggressive attack, which is kind of a good thing. 
it doesn't compress the attack as much as a dynamic might. Um, I feel like dynamic mics tend to take attack a little smoother, uh, whereas a condenser will really, really pick up the articulation. It's it's a much faster, uh, you know, more accurate response than a than a, a, a dynamic. So that's great if you're trying to get articulation. A condenser might be your best bet. And as you might have heard, you know, um, the condenser on its own, I think, in this test, won. But I really like the sounds of all these. I'm really happy to have done this test. Um, and again, with a different guitar sound, with a different amp, with a different uh, mic positioning, uh, all these things, the 57 might have won, the ribbon might have won. Uh, the point is, you can tell there's a drastic difference in these mics they're all placed in the same spot they're all the same amp they're all essentially the same speaker and it's more of a difference than you can really do with eq i mean it's a lot like you could do it with eq i'm sure but it would be a lot of eq but yet it it doesn't sound eq i mean it sounds very natural all three of them really sound totally passable depending on the context the point is Notice how much of a difference a different mic makes as opposed to trying to EQ a mic to sound a different way. It, you really should, you know, consider, always consider EQ a last resort. I know it's hard because, yes, I, I EQ things all the time, and I'm sure so do you. But the point is, you should look at EQ as a way to shade and color things together, not as a way to necessarily make something sound good on its own. The idea is to um, get something to sound as good as you can uh, on its own and in context with the mix. Um, so, you know, it's one reason also why, why drums are often so hard uh, for, for engineers because it's usually the first thing that goes down. So all of the other instruments sort of play on the context of the drums. And what if the drums aren't that great? So that's, that's you know... A hard debate. Uh, it's it's one of the best arguments for recording live, actually, because you hear everything in context at all times. Um, you know, drums, bass, guitar, all going down live. You really can fine tune everything as you're playing, and um, that's a pretty great argument, honestly. Uh, so I hope this show has given you some things to think about. I hope it has uh, dispelled some you know myths that condensers are too bright on on a guitar or something. Or, 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 you know, the 57 is the end-all, be-all mic, or, or ribbons are too dull, or ribbons don't sound good, or, or uh, I've never used a ribbon, so I don't really need one, or whatever. They all have their purpose, and when combined or on their own, they all can completely work uh, depending on the context and depending on the part and the song and all the above. So, get out there, experiment with positioning, experiment with different mics, experiment with different amp settings, and try to use EQ as a very last resort. I should note that none of these guitar clips have anything on them. It is straight from microphone to preamp, uh, in straight into, uh, into Nuendo, and um, nothing in between. There's no EQ, there's no compression, uh, no effects of any kind. So, yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, uh, suggestions for new shows, um, please email me at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. Check out the blog, recordinglounge.blogspot.com. And the Facebook page, uh, Recording Lounge is the name, so facebook.com slash recordinglounge. Uh, be a part of the community. Uh, be involved. Um, sorry it's been a while since I've had a show. I've been real busy with uh, the studio. 
I've got a couple of great shows coming out soon. I've got a singer-songwriter, Miles Ralston, coming in to uh, help us do a demo of recording guitar, acoustic guitar and vocals at the same time, which is uh, something that is a really amazing thing to do if you do it well. Because I feel like so many singers, and especially singer-songwriters, um, they just perform better that way. Now, there are, of course, pros and cons, um, but that's what we're going to talk about on that show. That should be coming up uh, here in the next couple weeks. Um, so go record. Go play guitar. Um, real quick before I go, uh, I wanted to mention sort of the signal path on this guitar. So basically, I was using a... Uh, a custom-built SG that I just finished building for myself uh, using Jim Wagner pickups. And uh, I wanted to, like I said, I was going for the ACDC, you know, thing these last couple weeks. And so um, I've been loving my SG. But uh, going straight to a uh, Dumble clone amp custom-built for me uh, and uh, on the gain channel, pretty heavily driven. There's no pedals. Uh, it just goes straight to the amp. Uh, the amp is fairly loud, going to a custom 412 cabinet uh, with uh, warehouse V30 speakers. Uh, a lot of custom stuff, I guess, in the chain. And again, the mics were uh, an SM57 uh, for the Dynamic, a Charter Oak E700 for the for the condenser, and a Shure KSM313 for the ribbon. Um, and all of those were going to BAE preamps and straight in. No EQ, no high pass, no low pass, nothing. So enjoy. I will talk to you guys next time.